Hi, welcome back to A Question of Code. We're on episode 71 now, and this week we're joined by the amazing and incredible Sean Wang, or Swix, as he's, as he's better known by his, his avatar on all places online. He's a, an, an infinite builder working on developer experience at AWS Amplify, and in his free time he teaches React, TypeScript, Storybook, and Node CLIs at egghead.io, and helps run the Svelte Society community of meetups. John, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Tom and Ed. Congrats on episode 71. This is, uh, this is pretty big. Did you know that when you hit episode 100, you can invite Seth Golding onto your podcast? <laughs> That's the rule. Ah. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds uh, something it, to look forward it's to. The, it's, it's all about persistence. Like If you can show up every, every week, um, you can do basically anything you set your mind to, which... Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, you know, obviously there are limits, but I generally subscribe to that idea of like persistence. And, and, and I think, I think your, your audience, you know, those that have been following you on this journey, they definitely appreciate that as well. Yeah. It's been the, the, the big, the starkest difference between Ed's approach and my approach to doing things. Um, I'm, I'm much more <laughs> scatterbrained and harder to pin down. So having Ed to, to sort of yeah, crack the whip and make make sure I've got the discipline to turn up every week has been. Uh, been <laughs> Tom's quite, the quite idea mission. man, and I uh, I keep him going. <laughs> oh, I don't even know that. I think it was your idea to start the podcast in the first place, wasn't it? And I just jumped on your <laughs> <laughs> jumped on your bandwagon. <laughs> oh, that's um, very brave. Like you, you, it was your idea even while you were going through this. Uh, to yeah, I, I, initially I was going to do it on my own actually, um, and then I was like, wow. Yeah. I play. I did like a five-minute test one, and I played it to Tom, and was like, and Tom said, "Well, you probably probably might sound better if you have someone to actually talk to." So he came <laughs> on, and then it kind of grew out of that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, so I, I did a career change. Um, I was in finance after I graduated from college, uh, and then I did that for six years, uh, and then burned out. And when I was thirty, thirty-one ish. Um, uh, did a did a, spend a whole year learning to code uh, JavaScript and and front end and all that, um, and at the end I did a boot camp. And during the boot camp, I actually did a podcast with myself and eight other, uh, well, there's seven other uh, fellow graduate like fellow people going through the boot camp to document the journey of, of going through the boot camp. Yeah. Um, so I know I know like I know a little bit of how that feels, um, even though. Uh, it was a lot of work and I actually did not finish. So that's why I congratulations on 71 episodes because I think I got to like 25 and then I stopped because it's too much work. <laughs> uh, no, 25 is still pretty good. You hear a lot of, yeah. I think was it, the majority of podcasts don't make 10, do they? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, one question right at the start um, because it comes uh, comes up a lot. Like people talking about sort of dev, dev, DevRel roles and developer relations and developer experience. So... Do you mind sort of outlining to our listeners what it, what your current role at AWS is? Yeah, um, the the job title is actually senior developer advocate. Um, they don't hire any juniors, so it's just whatever. <laughs> it's all everyone's, everyone's senior, um, and 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 there's an industry trend like it used to be called developer evangelist, uh, and then it changed to developer advocate, and I think more more recently. Um, the, the trend is to start calling it developer experience engineer, which is my old title uh, back at Netlify. Uh, but these are all kind of variants of the same thing. Uh, essentially, to 
uh, do a, like developers don't like to be marketed to by someone in a marketing department. So we, <laughs> we take an engineer and then, you know, who can, who can do some marketing. Um, and we tell them to go do talks and conferences and, and essentially do the same, uh, same level of marketing. Um, the, the difference is that like, it's, yeah, you, you definitely want to be marketed to, um, by someone who understands your problems and also, um, it's meant to be a two-way street. Like um, you, a lot of there's a lot of marketing that just goes one way from the company to externally. Uh, whereas uh, a DX engineer or, or developer advocate, you're supposed to also um, talk to people and then bring back ideas and problems and feedback on on your on your product. Um, so that's technically supposed to be the job of a product manager. <laughs> um, but PMs uh, do a lot of like internal project managey stuff. Whereas uh, DAs do do the external facing bits um, is is kind of how I uh, portion it out. Uh, there's a lot of you know strong views on on how this job should be done and how you split your time because uh, there's there's a lot of like you know is it fifty fifty like inward inbound and outbound um, is it eighty twenty um, how do you measure the job because you know showing up at one conference like doesn't do that much uh, and it's hard to track like what are you gonna do like you know, toss referral codes on everyone. Um, and, uh, and then, and then also there's, uh, in, in terms of like personal career, like it, it, um, if you become a paid show, uh, there's a lot of, you know, damage to your credibility sometimes if you, if you're, if you are found to be not authentic. Um, so you do have to maintain your credibility a lot, um, in, in the context. So like, for example, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm allowed to, to post about non AWS things that just interest me because that helps maintain my credibility of like, I have a I have a good sense of the industry and what is cool and uh, and people like to follow me not just for my AWS stuff. So it's kind of directly tied to almost your personal brand as a developer, I guess, in like how yeah. people see you externally. Yeah, yeah, it just so happens. That, I mean, I, I obviously I had no no idea this job existed when I when I started out, um, but I think. Uh, if you if you like learning and if you like sharing and if especially for for my 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 style like if if the way that you learn best is to share it in public um then you might as well be paid to do that and so that's kind of how i sort of pitch this like people ask me like how'd you get hired at aws um and like they're like did you study for like a year before you you know like all the certifications and stuff to to get in and i was like no i, I barely know aws <laughs> and uh and it doesn't matter because like the the ultimate meta skill is to be is to sell yourself as being able to learn anything um and i think i think uh, people when when they see that when people when employers see that uh they already know that the value of that so it's pretty uh straightforward yeah, yeah. Oh, we've, we've dive into the uh um, the learning in learning in public side of that that you mentioned there that's a, uh, it sounds like that's something that anyone can can benefit from uh, most I, I don't say anyone just because I think there's some people with like uh, vulnerable situations that um, have legitimate reasons to, to not do that uh, for example uh, they might have stalkers like personal safety issues uh, they, they might feel uh, very strongly discriminated against uh, online or in person. Um, and I cannot relate to that. Um, so I just don't advise people like that. No, they, 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 they need, they need different, different levels of advice. Yeah. No, that's a very good uh, but for most, for most, uh, most people and probably more than they think, uh, <laughs> they, they, they should be able to try uh, doing more of their learning in public. Um, and I always say, uh, 
it's not like I spend 100% of my time in public as well, but uh, most people's default position is 0%. And I want people to try to go from zero to five or 10%. And I think that that can do a lot for growing your career uh, and your skills uh, at the same time. Um, which which I think which I think is very underappreciated. Like how fast you learn, it's it's not about giving back to the community. It's it's about uh, this is genuinely the fastest way to learn. Forgive me for being a little bit ignorant, but learning in public, I've not really come across the, like the term. Um, yeah. Is it you just write write blog posts and stuff, and people can see what you're doing? Is there is there more to it than that? There's there's that's the that's the sort of prototypical action, um, but uh, it can take any form in which. Uh, anyone else can see your work, including your future self. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so very, very broad. It's, it just includes all mediums. Like you guys are both musicians. You could write a song. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, like uh, <laughs> anything that makes information uh, more, more accessible to others, but then also it forces you to interact with information more than just passive recall. Okay. So like there's, there's this like, it, there, you know, there's a, there's a few reasons why it works, but let, let me let me like do the definitions a bit. Like, so you can talk, you can do like um, you can answer questions on Stack Overflow, answer questions on Reddit. Like when when I sort of was a moderator of the uh, React Reddit, um, we had a monthly beginners thread, um, and we had 500 questions and answers every month. Um, if you want to get good at React, just go in there and answer every question. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you're gonna get good. <laughs> uh, and uh, what, what's I think I think the, the 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 emphasis on being in public is that you have some level of like you could be wrong, right? We all no, nobody starts out as, as an expert, but you have some level of being of you, you can be wrong. But uh, when you are wrong, uh, you you accept you accept that you could be wrong, um, and and people will come and sort of correct you. Some some of them will be nice about it. Some of them will will not be so nice. But once you've been wrong in public, you never forget, right? Like it just. <laughs> It's it's so embarrassing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't even think about it as embarrassing. It's just like oh okay, like this this just like goes right into my brain because I was I was wrong in public, um, and uh, and then I just don't repeat that again, right? And the accumulated scars <laughs> that have healed um, <laughs> gives me so much more confidence in like answering a an interview or doing a talk um, because like because I have got stuff wrong, then I'll like. You know, it's not about like, uh, then you have to do the work, right? Then you have to go like, okay, why was I wrong? Um, go read up the, the source material, understand like the, what your, your blind sides and you probably find even more things that you didn't know about. And that through that journey, just like having a, you, it's essentially using the internet as like your accountability partner, uh, just like running up the, the, the learning curve a lot, a lot faster than you would uh, if you just kept everything to yourself, which is the default, which is what we've been trained to do since you know, uh, you know, you guys are British, so primary school, secondary school, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's really it's really like a it's really so surprising to me that it's so different, right? Like when, when I so when I sat down to to write the book version of, of that essay, um, which 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 like th- that was my first ever non technical essay, and th- that's what I'm known for now, uh, which is <laughs> kind of I don't I don't know how to feel about that because like you know I have other technical stuff that I want to I want to talk about too. Um, anyway, so. Uh, it's it's really it's really very stark. Like everything we're taught in school is learning in private. It's it's a zero sum world. Like we we hope to um, do we hope to learn better than our peers so that we get better grades, so that we get into the right schools, so that we get to the right jobs. Um, and it's always just like a, a competitive thing uh, going up. Whereas like once you're out in the in the real world, it's it's really positive sum. 
Um, and uh, I, I, you know, it, and what, and you can share what you learn. Like you don't you, in school, you don't share what you learn. Um, and when, when you share what you learn, you actually grow faster. Um, and I think I think that's that's a fundamentally different um, dynamic that that goes on, especially in tech. Um, tech companies are way more open than. Um, you know, other industries, like I, I used to work in finance. And if I did anything I'm, I'm doing right now, I'd, I'd be fired right away. Um, tech companies just like, yeah, we, we share our successes. We share our code for free. Um, and then we share our failures too. Like we we'll get up on stage and we say, we, we screwed this up. And here's our learnings so that you guys don't screw it up for free. I, it's, yeah. Um, so we should take advantage of the fundamentally more na- open nature and just like learn uh, you know, uh, be a part of that system rather than not be a part of it. Yeah, there's yeah, a, a level of a level of vulnerability that you have to kind of accept, and and like you say, you talk about the scar tissue coming out of it. That that's that's the the biggest object, well, not the biggest objection, but the biggest obstacle in my mind, certainly, because I am terrified of being wrong in public. <laughs> um, I often am, and and always in in retrospect, feel like I've, I've, I've benefited from it. Like you say, it's that that shortcut yeah. to getting getting it in your brain. I'd say, I'd say podcasting is also a great way of learning in public. Um, and you know, yeah, just putting down your journey and it, it, it really is depending on what level of comfort that that you want to be. Um, some people are comfortable more putting out, you know, more raw versions of themselves, whereas others might limit it to, to just like a finished output, like a, like a, here's a, here's a polished cheat sheet that you can go download now. Um, or here's like, you know, my, my slide, my, my talk that I've been working on for three months and today you see it, but then you don't see the other 99.99% uh, of work that I put into it. Um, and there, there are different strokes for different people. Uh, but for, so for example, uh, the podcast version, I think on an interview, I, I called this. Um, so, so, you know, the, you know, the, the rule on the internet is that the, the best way to get, to get the right answer is not to post an answer on, on online is to post the wrong answer online, something like that. I, I'm, I'm screwing up the, the quote, but uh, I called it the wrong name. I called it Godwin's law. And then someone came and corrected me and said it was Cunningham's law. <laughs> so now I never forget the name, but then also I've proven that Cunningham's law is self-healing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it will fix itself if it, if someone is attribu- misattributing it. Um, but it's also a way of just like, it's, you know, if people listen to you at all, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll help you learn. And that's, uh, and that's a, just a fundamental irresistible nature of, uh, of how this thing works, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> We've definitely been corrected a couple of times, haven't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And like, it's never as bad as it, as it feels like, like, so what, you know? That, so that, that was past you, right? That was well, the, the person, the people that got it wrong was past you. And the only mistake you, the person you can do is to ignore that, to ignore that learning mm-hmm. and to repeat that mistake. Um, so I think if you just like, you know, sort of treat yourself as, as an ever evolving thing, um, you should always want the work that you put out today to be the worst work you do from now on. Um, which, which also means that you should, like, if, if in a year you come back and you listen to this podcast, you, you look at the, 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 the piece of code that you wrote today and you think it's terrible, uh, it probably means you grew, you grew a lot, you know, and that's, that's really nice. Um, so I, I always, the way, so this part of the, 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 the stump speech, <laughs> whatever this is called, <laughs> I always called it as like, um, sort of don't identify, don't put your identity in your work, right? Like you kind of divorce, keep your identity small is, is what Paul Graham says. Um, and, and that's a great essay by him uh, on, on that. Like keep your ego small, keep your identity small. Um, and um, the way that I put it is that you can learn so much on the internet for the low, low price of your ego. 
Like if you keep your ego small, keep your ego to yourself and your work is your work. Um, but when people criticize your work, they're not criticizing you. They're just criticizing someone, something someone else did that someone else used. It just happens to be past you. Um, but it's a, it, you're an ongoing thing. Like you, 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 you can change and evolve. Um, and, and so can, you know, your, your, uh, your skills and in future iterations of your work. Um, so I think, I think once people realize that they're, they're a lot freer to just go and create. And I think that's, that's the ultimate thing I want people to do. That's a really nice way to put it. Do you have, I mean, I think someone listening at home now who's, who's never put themselves out there in that method, they met, I think probably the biggest fear is the, uh, the classic developer coming in and like knows it all and is going to be quite probably forthright and maybe a bit aggressive in there telling you that you're wrong. You're going in with the, that's almost the objective of being wrong in public, essentially. Do you have any tips for people dealing with that kind of the forcefulness of the feedback that you can get sometimes? Because not everybody is, is gentle and nice. Some people are, yeah. enjoy telling you that you're wrong. Yeah, um, listen to them. Uh, they probably have something right. Uh, you may not like the, the tone in which they, they, make, they give it, um, but you know, the, the more tolerant you are of, uh, of mean people, the more teachers you have. And sometimes your, te- your biggest critics and your biggest detractors can become your biggest fans and your biggest mentors um, if you just listen. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people as, as well. So, what, one experience I had, which which really stuck with me, was um, so you know on on the React Reddit we have like two hundred thousand people, and sometimes you get into like fairly religious framework wars, uh, and we had this guy come in shitting on React, and um, you know you know and and then he like gave this whole bunch whole long list of uh, he he gave he gave like a moderate rant on like why React sucks. Um, and why his his thing was better, uh, and then I and then I replied and said, um, "Hey, you have valid points," um, and uh, and then I told him what I liked about his argument, and then I ended it there. I did not fight back, um, and then he replied and he said, "I did not." He said he didn't respect. He didn't expect to hear to have this kind of response. He so he got he admitted that he was getting preemptively defensive because he thought that he would get a hostile response and uh, hostile response. Um, and I think once you learn how to deescalate online, um, you, that's a very useful skill um, in any context, like at work as well. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then he became, you know, like then, then we got, then we got beyond the tribal nature of like my camp, your camp. And we go like, okay, we agree on these things and we want these things to be better. Uh, sure. React is not good enough at, at such and such. Um, but I, I can learn from, learn from what you have. Um, and yeah, I didn't like his original tone, uh, but it doesn't matter. Like it's just words. Man. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it comes, comes, comes back to the giving up the ego the question. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about like framework wars. I mean, I, I first saw you uh, at React Advanced in London, giving a talk there and you're oh, React Advanced. Oh, that yeah. was fun. That was a fun day. Yeah. And I noticed that you, um, a lot of your presence is around React, and yet you're helping run a Svelte society. So tell us, tell us a little bit. I mean, for starters, some of our listeners probably aren't. I think everyone that listens is familiar with React, but probably not as familiar with with Svelte. Um, so, I'm not yeah. familiar with Svelte. So. Oh, there we go. Instantly, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> um, you, you seem you seem to not be not be too bothered by the the great divide between frameworks. You're happy to to try a bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, again, that, that comes with too many developers identify themselves too much with their tools. Um, the moment you say, I am a React developer, uh, a few things happen. One is you, you become 
much easier to market for for people hiring React developers. That's good, uh, but the 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 problem becomes you you shut yourself off mentally into everything else to all the good ideas everywhere else because it, it either either it's done with React or it's useless to you. Um, so that's probably not very healthy long in the long run um, because nothing lasts. Uh, and then the other thing uh, that that I think about as well is um, yeah like when when you like I I so I gave I gave um, I gave like a talk at a at a. I gave like a sort of career talk at a React meetup, and then they were like asking me this exact exact question: like, you 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 work in React, you made your career in React, why are you exploring other frameworks? And I and I explained to and I explained to the guy like, if you don't know anything else apart from React, like, there's only so much that you can know about React itself. Like, you appreciate React better from the outside by having something to compare it against. Like, if you don't know what it could not be. What, what 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 other like conscious choices and how the other half lives essentially um then you don't actually know react that well anyway so so i was friends with rich harris and uh, do you guys do you know rich yeah harris? the create uh, this oh. rich harris the creator of felt is that yeah so we're both we both live in new york um we are uh i was friends with him and uh basically ignored him banging on the balls felt for a year <laughs> and it got to the point where it was kind of embarrassing that i hadn't checked out his framework um so so then i checked it out and then i really liked it and 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 uh here we are um just a, just as a quick introduction for ed um you know uh in terms of frameworks so react is very all in on on gsx and and the virtual dom sort of rendering method uh that's not precisely what it is but it's good enough um Whereas uh, Svelte uh, tries to tries to talk tries to sort of reorient things in terms of HTML. Um, so when you author components, you're literally auth- authoring uh, HTML tags like style tag, script tag, um, right. and then and then HTML HTML um, sort of elements. Um, and that that's that see, that to me makes a lot more sense than write, trying to write everything in JavaScript. Um, under the hood, uh, there, there is also a major difference in the sense that um, Svelte uh, basically, uh, is basically a compiled framework, like it compiles itself away. So it does all the calculations of every, every possible change beforehand, and it shows only um, what um, is being used. Whereas React uh, stuffs everything in a single runtime because that's what Facebook needs. Um, the, and the difference is pretty stark. Like a, a, a simple Hello World Svelte app will be three kilobytes. Whereas a simple Hello World React app will be probably a hundred kilobytes. If you add styling, if you add animations, if you add state management, um, a typical React app is probably 200 to 250 kilobytes. Um, whereas Svelte has everything built in, um, and and it will probably be you know double digit kilobytes. Um, and and it's just it's a much more like it just seems like all right, if we just took all the learnings but we we just like rewrote everything from the ground up and we moved a bunch of things to the to build time so like the thing that you lose with felt is that you can't just like declare a script tag um and then just run it in the browser you have to have a build step right so mm-hmm. it's this it's this bet on on having a build step but i think everyone uses build step anyway especially for react so um once you like sort of given that compromise, um, then you gain so much out of it that I think um, it's an interesting trade-off. And, and mainly for me, like the the user experience of like having everything sort of included first party, like being able to include scope styling. Like if I asked you how to style things in React, you would give me like this, you know, five page essay on, on like all the different choices. 
Whereas here, there, there's a there's a there's a community choice, um, which is the the first party one. Same for Vue, um, and I think I think React falls behind uh, because it's so unopinionated about so many things um, that uh, people are starting to realize that that has a cost, and, and then the cost is decision fatigue, and the cost is maintenance on, on open source maintainers who aren't paid anything, uh, and and these these tools all don't fit together, and it's just it's just uh, it's just really annoying to <laughs> to deal with. Um, so so the way I the way I tend to pitch uh, Svelte versus React is that Svelte use Svelte for interactive sites and use React for cross platform apps, um, like. Um, if you sites sites the the performance matters, so you should want to get the JavaScript bundled down as as, as low as possible. Um, but when it, when it's um, so so that's like single digit, double digit, um, you know, JavaScript bundles. And then once once you get to a, a, a stage where you want to have uh, cross platform apps, um, then you might as well bundle. Like your your competition is not sites; it's actually native apps. Um, so we do very well with that in in, in that in, on the desktop. Um, like the open web versus native apps, um, but we do a poor job of them on mobile. Um, so what React Native is is kind of like the the comeback of of web versus of the open open source web versus like the closed platforms of uh, of Apple and Google. So so uh, yeah, I mean I, I still I still do some React, <laughs> but I think but I think my my default toolkit for uh, for authoring sites I, I would definitely say is felt. Oh, I think I'm sold. I'm gonna use a, <laughs> not, not, not work. Work. We're we're pretty well in pretty well entrenched in the, the React land. But my personal site, I've got like a little React component on the homepage that's just doing a little just doing a little graph yeah. thing. And I think I'm gonna do a. It's like why yeah why are you using why are you using React on a personal site where you don't use the like ninety percent of the features right? It's it's yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's really interesting. Um and and then the other thing uh oh so even even if you are using React um I think most tooling should use Preact. The Preact is like the three kilobyte alternative to React. Um, and a lot of people can get by just on that. And, uh, and it's, it's this idea of like, let's be responsible about, about the, the performance of, of the, the apps that we build uh, and recognize that you are not Facebook. That's the main thing. <laughs> just because it's, it's very cool tech and yeah, you could be hired at Facebook one day. But like, let's be honest, nobody wants to work at Facebook these days, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like it's back to checking your ego, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like this idea of like just using the tools for what they're good at as opposed to just being like getting sucked into a tool or a, uh, a language or something and just being like, I, I love this language. I'm going to use it for everything. Whereas it's, it seems to be more about like picking the right thing, the right tool or the right language or the right framework for the, for the job that you're actually doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely admit that this is a luxury uh, in a sense that um, I am pretty secure in like, if I, I, if I wanted to, I could get a React job anytime. So I have the luxury to, to experiment. So this is not for everyone, you know, the, mm. the sort of having a feed into, uh, to, to, you know, uh, frameworks territory. Um, but I think, uh, now that I've done it, I, I, it's, it's so beneficial for me because like I have, I have this, this tool that I can use for, for this, for this use case. So you're, you're exactly right. But I, I try to, I try to also preach it like a healthy thing of the problem with use the right tool for the job. It sounds good. But the problem is having to know every tool. That's true. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, yeah. and no one knows every tool. So, um, in fact, uh, I actually wrote this blog post called "In Defense of Hammers." Like, uh, you know how, like, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Sometimes that's a good thing, you know. <laughs> like, if you have a good enough hammer to to knock out every nail, why not invest in that hammer? 
um, that makes you a more powerful dev that, that, that lets you do other things that are not nail related. Um, <laughs> you don't have to have this huge array of headers. Uh, so, so it, I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm sympathetic to, to people who only use React for everything. Um, but I think, um, you know, for me at my stage, um, I, I'm, I'm willing to explore other, other solutions. Um, and quite honestly, it's not that hard. Like the, the tutorial for Svelte, um, go to svelte.dev slash tutorial. Uh, it probably takes half an hour to, to one hour to go through all the features. And then you're, you're fully, <laughs> fully taught <laughs> Svelte developer who can do state management and styling and animation. And, uh, and, and like the, the, the stuff that is like advanced in React is just basic in Svelte, which is great. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that, uh, the hammer analogy there because there's a difference between doing something perfectly and doing it like, well enough. To, to get the job done and to, to actually achieve something. Maybe your goal isn't to have an all singing, all, all dancing, perfect solution. Sometimes you just want to you know, get something done and, and ship it and show it to people. I think I'd like to segue, if, if it's all right with you, Sean, now into to look, talking about um, like how developers can market themselves. Because um, that's a, a piece of your writing that I've read that I found really interesting. Um, um, so my first question would be, why do developers need to market themselves? Marketing seems to be like this, this alien thing that the marketing team do over there. Why, why, why should I as a developer be interested in that? Um, most people actually understand the value of marketing. They just they don't see themselves doing it. So I don't actually have to answer this question a lot because uh, <laughs> it's pretty self-evident. Um, I think the, at, at the minimum, you have to market yourself to get, your, to get a job. Um, I think you'll, I think what is maybe less appreciated is that you, you also have to market your open source libraries. You also have to market uh, your projects that you want uh, other people to look at. Um, especially internally, you, you have to market yourself as uh, someone who's capable, competent, uh, you know, deserving of a promotion, um, what, what have you. And uh, a lot of that is tied to, you know, the concrete things that you can do. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, so one, one thing I, I, I definitely focus on, uh, especially in, in my writing, is how, how to market yourself um, from junior to senior engineer. Like, it, it's, a, it's, it's less of a, there's no, there's no magic barrier at which, like, your coding ability, like, starts to extend to another level. It doesn't. It, it's more, like, can you market yourself? Uh, like, well, so have, do you have the prerequisites? And you don't have to have all the prerequisites. Can you just have enough? But can you market yourself as someone that uh, people can trust on as a senior uh, who can execute independently and, and all the other requirements of being a senior engineer. Um, and I think that uh, that's, that's something I've, I focus on is, is um, and that's a, that's a, you know, I, so I try, I try to split that up between marketing yourself at work and marketing yourself in public. And I think a lot of people think that marketing yourself is only the public bit um, and forget that uh, there's a, there's a fair, fair amount of marketing uh, internally as well. The mind shift, I guess, for most people is that it's just switching from, just temporarily marketing yourself to get a new job to it being a you know, kind of a semi-permanent part of what part of your role and what you do and that it's a, a useful and, and valuable exercise yeah uh, you know i i understand that people don't want it to take over their lives um that's why i try not to say like it's a permanent thing you're, you're not permanently marketing marketing yourself because that feels a little bit scammy to, to a lot of people um but i think that uh, there are concrete things that you can do to help yourself when you need to market. Uh, so simple things like when you've when you've completed a big project, make sure to save any uh, you know hard numbers and uh, and uh, testimonials or you know 
references, what have you, um, into a place where you can find it later, uh, especially outside of a, a, you know outside of your job. Um, don't violate any you know intellectual property issues. But um, what you can say, you should save it down at the point in time because that's the most that's the time you're going to have the most context. Um, and and uh, to 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 note that like you're going to need this in future, like um, when whenever you're doing that. Uh, annual review or um, you're looking for the next job and you need to like write things down for your resume or tell a story for your, um, for your interview, you're going to have to have these concrete data points to touch on and um, you know, making, making like a, a brag sheet, I think is, is what some, uh, someone calls it um, uh, of, of like your accomplishments doing when you've just done them is much better than like, Oh, what was that? That that one thing I did like five years ago, you know, like that's, that's a lot harder to do. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So, so yeah, I mean, um, I think, I think the, 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 the angle that I picked was, uh, was appealing to people, which is that uh, a lot of people see people who market themselves all the time and whose living depends on marketing themselves. Uh, and they're like, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like I understand these people are successful, but that's not me. Um, but I think the wrong conclusion to take from that is, therefore, I don't market myself. Um, the, I think the better conclusion is, therefore, I don't market myself like them. Um, and so, so the, the, the catchy title I, I had for that essay was uh, marketing yourself without being a celebrity, right? Like, um, you, you understand that celebrity has some benefits, but then it also comes with a lot of disadvantages. And uh, for, for whatever reason, you don't want that life. Um, I think there's a middle path where... Uh, you know, you, you, you can do you can do enough to to get yourself out there to get to be known among the people that you want to be known among, um, and that's it. You can you can stop there, <laughs> and that's a it's a perfectly fine way to live. And uh, I think uh, what it, it establishes your credibility. Um, you know, in in a small circle of, of the, the people that you want to work with, and that's great. The the the, the thing about marketing, I think that I've, I've grown to understand actually since I wrote that article um, is that a lot of marketing is designed to sell infinite, like infinite units. Um, like if, if I'm Coca-Cola, I want to, I want to market Coke. Um, I just want to, you know, blanket everyone with, with my brand. Um, the problem with marketing yourself is that you'll have, you have only one of you. So actually the, the, the types of things that you do and the, the target audiences that you have and, and your goals in marketing yourself are very different. Uh, and 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 actually a lot more achievable and on on a, on a you know much smaller commitment level. Um, so I I, I kind of like that distinction of like you're not marketing everything you're just marketing yourself one one of you um, to just the people you want to work with. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a level of the, a level of this at which it's you need to ha- you need to be fairly self aware about your ambitions in your career and like, what your domain is, I guess. You need to be able to to know, uh, be able to express the areas in which you want to be known. Yeah, I think so. I think there there is some uh, level of self awareness that you have to figure out. So uh, that that's why I start, kind of start off the essay with essentially like collecting three th- three things like your your personal brand, your domain, and then uh, your like your tech skills and your business value. Those are the, the three sort of pillars that I uh, that I laid out. Um, and uh, yeah, some amount of self knowledge is nice. Um, and I actually call this, um, you need a domain, like claiming, uh, being able to claim a domain and say that is yours. And, and, and that's a big part of your marketing message. Like I am the guy that does X. Um, 
is is a very very strong message because you don't do other things by by definition, um, even though you might. Um, but for for marketing purposes, uh, they can people can start regarding you as the specialist in in something, and that's and that's great. Um, I think the the way to not be worried about that is to realize that you can change. You can change your message uh, over time if you don't like it or if you grow out of it. Um, you just, you're just not allowed to change too much because otherwise people stop believing you. Um, but people are absolutely unwilling to accept that. Uh, you can try to specialize in one thing and then, and then change. Um, that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> I suppose by, by way of uh, an illustration for that, I might sort of uh, point out to the listeners that, I mean, I've done that myself. I mean, my original, my, my first couple of jobs, I, I got almost solely off the back of doing some, some pretty elaborate, css illustrations in copen and i was like the css Ooh. illustration guy and have Ooh. since like i mean this is this is going i've been, i've since been massively surpassed by there's some oh there's <laughs> yeah there's lynn fisher and some of the stuff that's being done at the moment there's just some amazing css creators out there and i've long since dropped that torch and and now i'm i'm more of a a kind of back-end uh, not back-end sorry no, uh, a react to kind of guy and that's like my the thing that that opens doors for me when I'm, when I'm hunting around for, for work. Um, so it's, yeah, you, you definitely can switch for, for sure. Um, do you have an idea what your brand is, Ed? Do you, do you know your uh, domain? Uh, career changer <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> You're the Probably. podcaster who used to be a music teacher. I mean, like the, the That's thing good I for a podcast. Most, yeah. The thing I'm I know most is probably I Python, but I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a domain expert at Python or anything. <laughs> yeah. so I a, don't know. It's hard when you're starting out, I think, to because there's so much, isn't there? It, there's just there's so many parts of tech. Like, how do you know yeah. which one you want to pick? <laughs> yeah, you're you're not going to figure this out overnight. Um, I think I think it's a general. It's a it's an ongoing dialogue with yourself on uh, what you really want to do, and you know, and that's that's something that only you can figure out. Um, and, uh, my, my, just my goal is to like, just give like a broad framework in which like to say like, okay, th there's this part that I've been ignoring. And I, I can probably go, uh, fix that really quickly. Um, but yeah, like what you've, what you've touched on is probably the hardest bit, like knowing what you're gonna, you, you want to specialize in. Um, and I think that's, that just like is a function of just paying attention to what you enjoy. Um, because you can make money doing any, anything, you know, if you're specialist enough, specialist enough in something people will pay you for it. Um, you just got to figure out like what you're, you, you know, you know, you enjoy and you're really good at. Yeah. I think, so. I think the important thing might be just to be aware of the, the fact that you should pick a domain as you might just go along in your new career and you're like, Oh, this is lovely. This is all good. I'm learning about this. I'm learning about this, but maybe, maybe just actually thinking about that being like, right, let me just try and focus on security or something like that. It's probably yeah. a, a good, good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, who's, uh, Troy Hunt. He's uh, Mr. Security online these days. Yeah. Uh, he is Australian <laughs> guy. Um, and what's funny is that if you go, so I do this a lot. If, if you see, if I see someone successful, I want to, I want to know how they started out. Um, and uh, you know, you can just go back in time. A lot of people don't, don't do this enough, but he's only given, he's only ever given one talk on this. Uh, and it's his only non-technical talk and it's about his own journey. And it turns out that he blogged about random shit for two years before becoming the security guy. You know, like he was trying to do Azure stuff. He was trying to do like home improvement, like IoT stuff. Um, and then he found this niche on, on security and like people kept, kept coming back to him and then he just kind of leaned into it more. Um, and I don't think he would have found it if he wasn't trying stuff out for two years. 
Um, and it, it's that men, it's that mentality of like, just just grind it out. Just uh, you know, just share your learnings in public. Um, and the the market, the world will tell you, kind of tell you what it wants out of you. Uh, you just kind of listen to it. Uh, and I think I think he he definitely did that. Obviously, like he had a lot of talent, and and he put a lot of work into it after realizing uh, that he was he could be the security guy. Um, but I think that's a it's a very valuable niche to be in um of course like security guy (laughs) but like uh but like that's that's available to to all of us you know um and i think uh, you know for 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 better or worse like i'm i'm the sort of career advice person um i don't know how much i want to be that person because that that feels very scabby to me um i i also want to be known for other things Uh, but right now i am and i'm fine being that um but i think like you know you you can pick something You, you like everyone can pick like the intersection of like React in uh, D3 and, and be the be, be the React in D3 guy. Like even though uh, Tom probably does that a lot, right? Since you since you do data viz, but um, there's not that many, um, especially at the intersection of stuff. Like I picked, you know, in 2018 I picked React and TypeScript, and I was the React and TypeScript guy because um, there wasn't good doc- community documentation around that, so I just wrote it. Um, and and now people probably think that I know more React and TypeScript than I actually do. Um, and that's, that's good. That's, that's marketing working, you know? <laughs> yeah, one thing you said in your, your marketing um, post was that everyone's going to put you in a box anyway. You just want that to be a high sentimental value, high value box. That really stuck with me. As a, as a, as a yeah, yeah. Like you want to help them because otherwise, if, if, if you don't have a say, if you don't have a view, if you don't help them, then they're just going to do a bad job for you. And they're just going to put you like at the near the floor you know where where nobody looks uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so to talking about your your box at the moment you've um you've leaned in you've leaned into the career advice guy bit by writing a book about it haven't you yeah i think i'm at the tail end of it because i've written the book and i don't i, I like i don't want it to take over my life um <laughs> but yeah I've, I've leaned into it just because the the response has been so great um i still get like uh, I still get pings every day about like, hey, I'm starting my my journey doing this, and that's great. Um, I, I just don't, I don't I don't want it to become my thing uh, because I think that would probably damage the message um, because I, I'm not the only authority on this on this subject. You know, there's other people who did it before me, and ideally there will be other people who do it after me, um, and I will be completely not known for it. Um, so I think I think that's probably the healthiest way for this movement to to go is to is to to not have me as its figurehead. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I wrote a book. So if from now on, if anyone, anyone wants to know my opinions on, on things, like I can just <laughs> send them one way. Um, but I think, I've, you know, I've, I've also started, uh, you know, a, a small community based on the book. Um, and I'll be helping, helping those, those people um, be successful. And, and I think, I think that'd, be, that'd be good enough for me. I, I, know I don't need to um, start a, like a world-changing revolution or something. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think I, I, I generally think like the, the, the principle, like, so, so in the, like I, I've written down a bunch of principles, learning public is the first principle. Um, but I, I wrote down a bunch of others and one of them is, is good enough, which is like this, this, the sense of like, you should stop at some point and, and not go too far with, with anything in, in, in life. And, um, a lot, we, we treat so many things as like a maximization problem and, uh, that is very stressful and inefficient and, uh, and so I want to try to promote like a healthier 
you know, attitude to everything to, 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 to how we do these things. That's a so. fantastically nuanced look at that. It's, like, it's <laughs> rare. Like you, you often see people have a hit with something and, and just double down on it. And then that's their career then forever. They're always that guy or that girl that did the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice to, nice to hear that you're, you're looking for pastures new. Um, but I mean, uh, just so that we've got it on the record, the, the book itself is the coding career handbook and I'm reading it at the moment and it's excellent. And I, it's a thank you. two thumbs up recommend to all, all our listeners. I think everyone who's <laughs> interested in, in this kind of stage of their career is going to find something useful in this book. Um, but one thing I'd like to, to ask you now we've got you on here is the, how you feel the idea of a senior and seniority in the development world has come about because I mean, you look at job postings and it's, it's, it's essentially, it's a numbers game. How many years of experience have you got? You cross a magic threshold and suddenly you're a senior, but I think there's certainly my, my lived experience of that is very different. Um, and I, it sounds like yours is too, because you, how, how long has it been since you transitioned into tech? Uh, three years. Um, I, but like, I, I also, I, I did some programming while I was in finance. Um, I just wasn't a f- full-fledged developer and I never done web dev before. Um, so it's a nuanced thing. Like I'm not complete, I'm not a complete newbie uh, to programming, but I was a newbie to web development. So it's just kind of, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, so for some people uh, that, that, that number of years of experience automatically disqualifies me from being senior. Uh, whereas for others, they don't care. They just care what I do. Um, and so, uh, it, it really, it takes all sorts. I don't want to get into debates on, on what a senior is. I think everyone is junior in some things and senior in other things. People with more years of experience are probably more senior in, in more things than, than people with less years of experience. Uh, but it's not to preclude like a senior engineer cannot learn anything from a junior engineer. Uh, and that's, that's obviously, you know, it's just a label that, that we, that we apply so we can give you a, a pay grade. That's about it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's it's good enough. Like you know, you you do. There's an expectation that you you want you want to be able to trust your senior engineers. Um, and so that's I go into a little bit of like what. Uh, so so I have this passage which which people are really liking, which compares junior engineer versus senior engineer, and I have this like uh, sort of two panels of like junior engineer does X, senior engineer does Y, junior engineer does X, senior engineer does Y. Um, and uh, people really like that comparison because it gives you some idea of like ways in which you pro- progress and ways in which typical junior engineers maybe like limit themselves if they, if they don't know there's, a, there's another level uh, to these things. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there, there are real differences. Uh, I don't think it's a single point. I think it's a continuum. Um, and I think people should just try for as high a level as they can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's something I've said before is that, that ditch the label of junior as quickly as you can, I think is, is, is advice I would give to people because it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, put you in a box. Like a, yeah. I, I don't like that as a job title to be honest. Um, but it's just a market reality that it is. So whatever, I mean, there's like, I was also, also get a question of like intermediate engineer, like what about them? And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, you're not senior, so <laughs> <laughs> just engineer. <laughs> uh, you know, by definition, you're not senior, so I'm I'm gonna lump you in with the junior bit. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I I like people who fixate on labels too much don't really think about things on first principles, and that's why it's something I try to encourage uh, people to think about things on, uh, you know, more fundamentally than just labels. And uh, we, labels turn off your brain, whereas uh, principles turn turn your brain on. And I think I'm I'm 
I'm pro thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we should do a bit more of that. <laughs> yeah, something that's come up again and again as we've been doing this podcast, even when we we started out, but particularly now that we've started sort of interviewing other people and getting other other perspectives on the show, is that like one of the best things about the industry is that you're it's a meritocracy. If you're good at something, you can leverage that, and it's it's all about how well you do your work not so much sort of where you went to school or like there's all the the level of the the bits that help people out like the unconscious bias and the stuff that helps people out all the time but at the root of it if you're good at doing something in particularly in web development you'll like like you said if, if you find find your niche you can find someone will pay you to do it yeah um the two the two modifications I, I would i would add to that uh if you're good at your work and you can market yourself then you then you'll be recognized for it. If if you build cool stuff that nobody knows about, then nobody nobody's gonna know about it. That's so that's that's one modification. Uh, the other modification is that it's still not a complete meritocracy. Um, there's especially for you know underrepresented minorities, um, they consistently get passed over for opportunities and get paid less. Um, uh, and like just this week, we we saw an example of this where Pinterest, someone someone very very early hire at Pinterest, designed most of Pinterest's look and feel in UX, uh, finding out that she was this, she was on the second lowest rung of her ladder, uh, five years into the, into her, her employment at, at Pinterest and her, her partner who was a white male, um, was getting paid like f- four rungs higher than her. Um, and they, and then, and then when she complained about it, she was told that, uh, she should just try to go through the system. And, uh, it was just like the system not working out for, for people who, uh, who are just not part of the, the the majority. So so I um it's not a complete it's I, I, the way I phrase it is that it's more of a meritocracy than in other parts of life. For example, I, I've I've definitely seen worse in finance. Um, but it's not a complete meritocracy. So there's 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 still a lot left to do. No, this is good. it's very easy to overlook that as I, as I have proved. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a, it's it's a very current topic in the US mm, right now. So. I, absolutely. It's yeah. a, it's so like, I think uh, let's let's call this out because like you know we everyone needs to know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Read read this. I'll I'll post it. I'll post it in, in our chat. So because um, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it's a it's a very very critical case of like this happens. This this was found out in Pinterest, but this happens everywhere. Um, yeah. And it's no no one sat down and said let's just systematically discriminate against all all minorities, but mm-hmm. it just like works out that way. Um, without anyone's intention, uh, therefore we need some counter intention to work out the the the, the automatic systematic uh, stuff. So yeah, I just put that in the chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. Tom's got it. <laughs> um, so I think we're um, uh, well, as we're coming to a close. Um, we have one final question, if that's right. Unless uh, yeah. if there's anything else you wanted to add, Tom. No, no, I think we've touched yeah. all the bases on my, yeah. uh, my fantastic my long list of books. Um, yeah, every for every guest we have, we just ask at the end what three top tips you would give to someone looking to change career uh, into tech. Ah, career change. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that that much, right? No, like, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we kind of skipped it, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> so I, I definitely think um, one of them is sort of immersion, um, and uh, you know, you're 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 the five. It, career change is a very lonely journey. You, you're probably not going to go into it. Um, with a bunch of your friends, you know, they're, they're, they're probably all, you know, 
off doing their own things and they can't really relate. Like they might be good friends. They just, they just can't relate because they're not going through the, the same amount of uncertainty. Um, and, and me having gone through it, uh, you need, you basically need new friends like to, <laughs> to help you out. Um, so, so immersion in, in, in whatever way you can see fit, like, um, you know, in the, back in the days when we had in-person meetups, I would say go to in-person meetups and, and meet new people that, uh, you know, are in that community that you want to, you want to join. Um, right now it's probably podcasts, uh, podcasts, like, you know, have people in your head and then talk the lingo and like, you won't understand everything at first, but, um, you know, eventually you will. And, and, uh, and I think that, that level, that immersion like helps you talk the talk and then eventually you will walk the talk. Um, so I think, I think that's one tip that is, you know, fairly concrete. Uh, the other thing I think is um, to, to just like, it's less a matter of motivation and more a matter of discipline. Um, can you show up every day? That's it. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, People, people like will be will be very inspired after like reading one one blog post, like my 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 blog post or or someone else's, or like they hear about someone's amazing story, and then they're like, all right, I'm starting this day, and then like a week from then they'll be like still going, and then a month from then they'll 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 be like, ah, I don't know, I took a cheat week off, and then three months later they've abandoned it, um, and uh, it's very much a, of a discipline thing of like if you can show up every day and, and work towards a certain task, um, I think. Uh, you have a much higher chance of succeeding. Uh, part of that is immersion. Like part of that is having like an accountability group or a community. Um, and so I, I like the 100 Days of Code uh, and Free Code Camp community because they encourage you to have daily streaks. Um, and there are other people going through that journey with you. So if you can find a community that, that goes through this with you to give you that discipline, sure, do that. Some people can do it on their own. Um, I, I, did, I did nights and weekends every day for six months before deciding that I... I, I you know, I wanted to go into this full time. Like I, I, I did this as part of my previous job. Um, so yeah, this uh, discipline. And then the third bit is, uh, is you know, what I always end with is, is learning in public. Like share what you learn, um, and uh, and let the, let that journey sort of carry you as uh, you know, f- uh, further and faster than you would on your own. Um, mainly that is, you know, there's there's a number of uh, forces at play there, but mainly like when you when you are forced to write up something that you learn, you interact with it on a more fundamental level. Therefore, your retention is better. Even if nobody else reads it, um, you will remember it better. Uh, and especially you can look up your own, your own previous work on, uh, and use Google as your second brain. Um, that's a very valuable thing. But then probably someone will read it and probably they'll correct you or they'll start to associate you with that, with that domain uh, and you start to build a network um, based on, based on uh, your work. And uh, that's a very, fun, very, very, very valuable thing for someone changing careers is to, is to just like achieve that identity change um, that you, that this is what you do now. So uh, that's yeah. all brilliant advice. That is yeah. fantastic. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on the, the show and spending the time talking to us. There's loads of fantastic advice there <laughs> and you. I'm definitely going to go away and read your book. Um, where, if, if listeners are listening, where, where, where should they go to, to get a hold of that? Yeah, uh, it's at learninpublic.org. Um, I just kind of, I had trouble buying any other domain, so I just bought that. <laughs> it's, it's like an umbrella domain. Um, I might, I might expand that into into a, a community or other, publish other books under that. Uh, I, I don't really know, but um, so the you know the book is available at learninpublic.org. Um, it has its own Twitter account where I I I tend to sort of segment myself from. Uh, all career stuff all the time to just that Twitter account. Uh, and that, that Twitter account is uh, coding underscore career. Uh, and then my personal Twitter is Swix, S-W-Y-X. I, I got in on Twitter early. 
<laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sean, for being on the show with us. Uh, loads of really good advice there. And thank you for listening this week. Um, make sure you check us out on Twitter ourselves at AQO Code. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev or questionofcode.com where you can find out how to uh, to get in touch with us and suggest your own questions and, and guests for future episodes. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Have a brilliant week and we'll see you next time. And thanks again, Sean. Bye. See ya. Thank you.